I wanted to introduce our speaker for today. Um, this is Laura Reynolds. She's a mom to four girls. She just began her year of Jubilee, which is what she calls the year your last child goes to kindergarten. Um, but I will say, have you guys seen the viral video of the newscaster who's talking to the little kid? And she's like, are you excited for the first day of school? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, are you going to miss your mom? And he's like, and then he starts crying. Have you seen that? That has been Laura in the past year because <laughs> she's been so excited about the year of Jubilee. But as it gets closer, she realizes, oh, this is a really big change for me. So that's going to be kind of incorporated in her talk today. And she's going to tell us more about her family. So please welcome Laura. Thank you. In fact, Jamie's giving me the eye back there because we literally had a cry in Aldi on the first week of school <laughs> when I was like, I'm here by myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I am a regular mom, just like you guys. I've been in mom to mom for seven years, and I do totally get nervous being up here. It's a little like deer in the headlights, so go with me today. Um, if I look like I'm stuck, I'm just going to read my notes. Just be like, look at your notes. It's all right there, okay? Um, but I want to start by introducing you to some of my employees. I have Anson, who is 13, Quinn is 10, Emerson is eight, and Lou is five. Um, and so they've been uh, my employees. And before I was a mom boss, I was actually a high school science teacher. And I quickly realized when I started to stay at home that um, parenting littles was way harder than dealing with hormonal teenagers. <laughs> it just is. Um, and so to start us off, I want you guys to take a look at this video about the world's toughest job. Good afternoon. Sorry about hey, that. Hey, Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews of, uh, over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job. It's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, th is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh, I think that's a little intense. No. no. That's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skills. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment, if you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is going to go up, and we demand that with, with a happy disposition. Uh, 
that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost uh, a very, very sick, twisted joke. Sorry, but when there's time to sleep or... Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. <laughs> Completely for free. No. What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh my god. Moms are the best! Yeah, it's no pay. They're 24 hours, they're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin. My mom is just awesome. She's awesome. Moms, you are awesome. Right? I almost kind of want to be like, let's chant that together, right? Like, moms are awesome. Um, and you guys are. We are. Um, what we're doing is the toughest job and yet the most important job in the whole world. But sometimes when you're down in the trenches of parenting, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you can't see this higher perspective of the value of being a mom. And so I hope that today I can give you this elevated perspective that empowers you to own and to love being a mom boss. So what better way to start our conversation than to play a little game of bingo? So get out your bingo cards. If you haven't written down numbers, just write any number between 1 and 40. And you guys know the rules of bingo. It's very simple. Um, five in a row, either vertically, horizontally, diagonally. You better call out bingo like you mean it, okay? There is a prize because why play anything if there's not some sort of prize? So I have a real cute clipboard and a little mom boss reminder right here. Um, also, I recently went on a cruise. Yes. Listen, guys, when it's your year of Jubilee, you could just leave your kids and go on a cruise. It's amazing. And when I was on this cruise, I played bingo, and they had people stand up whenever you got four in a row, and it just, like, builds the tension. I'm all about the competition, okay? All right, so here we go. We are calling out numbers here. I'm just going to draw some random ones. Everybody ready? Yeah? Okay. Number 27, a manners expert. Yes, we are. Number 39, birthday party planner. I love that part of being a mom. Number 10, search and rescue, small plastic pieces unit. <laughs> Number 7, president of waste management. Gross. 
Somebody's got to do it. Number 28, a personal shopper. Number six, a playground medic. Number 25, a playdate social secretary. Oh, Meredith's got four in a row. Anybody else? Remember, stand up. If you've got four in a row, yes, I see you. We have a bingo? Stand up and yell it. Let me hear it. Excellent. Come up and get your prize. Wow, that went way faster than last week. There you go. Awesome. That's really good. <laughs> uh, last week, it was like it took probably twice as long, and like the tension was building. People were standing up. Um, anyways, so there's really no disagreement from like president of waste management to teen sex ed instructor, which we didn't call, but that's what I am now. I'm currently doing that. Um, moms are just invaluable, right? But so often we don't name the work that we do, and therefore we kind of undervalue the work that we do, right? Um, when I was preparing for this talk, I found this survey from Campbell Soup, and it looked at 2,000 American moms of elementary school students so kind of where we are, but also what you're doing is way harder. Um, and they found out that being a mom is the equivalent to two and a half full-time jobs with a total annual salary of over $100,000. Can I get a amen and maybe a paycheck, right? Like, <laughs> let's get that money direct deposited into my bank account. Um, and certainly some respect, right, for what we do. But the flip, flip side of that survey, as I was reading it, um, and even the video we just watched, is that clearly um, being a mom, it's demanding, it can be all-consuming, it's certainly exhausting, and sometimes it can even be detrimental to our health. That survey said that 53% of moms are sleep-deprived, 62% don't always have time for a sit-down meal, and most moms are left with less than an hour of me time per day, right? Who wants to sign up for that job? Like, <laughs> nobody is signing up for that. These are not the things that people tell you when you're like, oh, we're going to have a baby, you know. No, these are like the dirty little secrets of being a mom. But what if we began to both value and name the work that we do and also approach the challenges with professionalism and with a perspective that allows us to persevere when it does get hard? So what I've prepared for you guys today are eight pro tips, and really they're not so much um, me telling you, like, hey, you should do this. I want to just kind of propose what if, what if we did do this, and then uh, we'll give some short examples from my own time as a mom boss. Um, I wish this were a conversation, like I'm much more comfortable when it's like a small group situation and we can just talk but I'll try to do my best to get through these so that you can have that moment with your table. Also, my 13-year-old told me that I don't have good transitions between these next eight pro tips. <laughs> she helped me practice my talk, which was so sweet, and I definitely cried when she was helping me. Um, so I'm just going to be like, next, next, as we go through them. You guys cool with that? Okay. All right, so number one. What if we actually negotiated that salary, that 100 thou, right? Um, now I realize most of us don't have in our budget enough to pay ourselves $100,000 a year, 
But for one year, I did babysit um, a little infant, and I only charged $25 a day. And quite honestly, that was a steal for the type of, like, veteran mothering that I gave her. Um, But it felt really good when that cold, hard cash hit my hand on Fridays. (laughs) It just did. It was only, like, $125 a week, but it felt good. And it just helped me to value what I was doing. So maybe you actually do have some wiggle room in your budget, and maybe you could allocate a paycheck for yourself, right? Call me crazy, but why not? Um, And if you don't have room in your budget, maybe there's some other things that are on your list of responsibilities, um, just being the person that's at home more, that you could offload to either your husband or someone else in your household because you want to focus on being the best mom boss that you can be during the day. Next, the second one. Set work hours and schedule time off. Show of hands, who actually has a clock out time each day? Show of hands if you do, okay, yeah? How about if you take the weekends off or at least one day off per week? Okay. Oh, also, mentor moms, do not raise your hands, okay? Suzanne, don't do it. Mm -mm. (laughs) Lunch breaks. Who takes maybe at least 25 to 30 minutes each day for a legit lunch break? Wow, okay. How about vacation every year? You know you're getting away at some point every year. Okay. Okay, more with that. That's good. Okay, so... um, we can do this, guys. I'm going to give you permission to take time off, okay? Um, quick story. I can remember um, years back, uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, and there was my husband laying on the couch, and he's, like, super helpful, but he was laying on the couch reading a book, and I just had tons of work still left to do, right? And so I'm getting the laundry and taking it down to the basement, and he can kind of sense that I'm in one of those, like, cloud, huffy clouds, right? You ever have that? Like your whole aura is just kind of preceding you wherever you go. And so he's like, hey, you know, uh, you could just stop. You could take a break. And I was like, I can't take a break because you already are, you know? And I'm normally not super snappy like that, but I, like I said, I was just, I was in a mood. And he looked very calmly at me and he said, no, you can stop. You're just choosing not to. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) just kind of went and finished my laundry. But I knew he was right. Like, we all have a choice. We can stop, but we just don't choose to. And the truth is, the work doesn't stop, right? Your to-do list, it just, it's not going to stop. And so I want to encourage you and give you permission. Set a stop time each day that you're just going to say, if it's not done by 7 o'clock, I'm just going to, it's going to have to wait till tomorrow. Okay. Um, how about weekends off? I saw that n- nobody, I don't think, maybe Beth, she, but that's why she's our fearless leader. She <laughs> takes one day off a week. Um, I realize that with littles especially, uh, you can't just ignore them, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about figuring out a way to give yourself at least a mental break, if not a physical one. And just real quick, I want to share that I've been learning this last year and a half or two about this idea of Sabbath. It's kind of a churchy, Christian, Jewish, actually, word. Um, But real quick, like something that has made a huge difference for me is I have learned that Sabbath is so much more than not going out to eat and not working, (laughs) which is all I grew up hearing. 
um, I've learned that Sabbath is actually a gift that is given to us so that we can stop from our normal work and remember that we are not human doings. We are human beings. And when we stop and we rest and we recognize that, oh, my identity is not in what I can produce. My identity is not in what I do. That's a really sacred thing. And it's a gift that we have in front of us if we choose to take it. Um, so just to say quickly, like how that's fleshing out as I'm trying to do that and take one day off a week. Um, the person that I've kind of been learning about Sabbath from says Sabbath is four things. It's we rest, we play, no work, like regular work, and we remember God loves us. That's it. We rest, we play, no work, God loves us. And so if you can figure out what that looks like for you and your family, um, if that's your jam, then I really encourage you to do it. Um, it's a good thing. It's a gift. But maybe Sabbath is like totally foreign to you, and maybe Mountain Dew and Jimmy Fallon it rings more true. I've had moments like this too. So the last quick story on that is I started um, taking some lunch breaks when I was in nap jail. If you've not been in nap jail, we'll talk about that later. Um, when you can't leave the house and like you can't leave your kids, sometimes all you need is like your special drink, right? And that's different for everybody. That's fine. Mine was Mountain Dew, and I started to turn on Jimmy Fallon, like the late show, during my lunch break because I just needed to laugh. Like, I just needed somebody to entertain me. So I just want to encourage you, maybe it's just a short 30-minute lunch break every day. I encourage you not to eat with your kids, um, but, like, maybe even make something fancy for yourself, right, and have your little lunch break. All right, moving on. Next, number three, finding and keeping rhythms to increase your productivity and your workplace atmosphere. See how professional that sounds? all about how you name it. Um, so I'm not at all going to be promoting here that you set a strict schedule and you never break from that schedule because that just doesn't work. Like I'm a very schedule-oriented person, but then there's kids and it just doesn't work. Um, but what I am going to say is finding rhythms. So if you have little babies, um, one of the things I did is I just started to like write down what their rhythms were and then maybe after a week or so, I would kind of see, oh, this is about when they need to nap. This is about when we're going to be eating. And then I just tried to maintain those rhythms. For me, it just really helped me to kind of have a better um, atmosphere and also to feel more productive. Like I knew how my time was going to flow. But when your kids get old enough to do activities, um, this is just the way I did it. This is not at all you should, okay? But... I am not very internally motivated. I'm very externally motivated. And so what I did to help us have a good, healthy rhythm was we would go to, like, the library class at 10, Thursdays at 10. Wednesday, Wonder Lab um, also had a class at 10. Thursdays would be grocery shopping. Friday was mom to mom. Sunday was church. So we had almost every single day of the week mapped out where I knew that by a certain point in that morning, we had to be up and ready and out. It kind of set us on this little rhythm. And then when we came back, our rhythm was lunch, read two books, everybody takes a nap, even the moms, right? Like, that's okay. And if for some reason you've lost naps, I am so sorry. Get them back, like, right away. I've not ever read a single parenting book, but I, I firmly believe naps are non-negotiable. Like, get that nap back, okay? It can happen. Get that little person on some sort of body rhythm. And it's okay for you to nap too, okay? It makes 
the workplace atmosphere so much better when people are in a rhythm and they're rested. Okay, the next one. It's just kind of fun. I thought, why not follow a dress code as a mom boss, right? Um, and the little dirty secret is you get to set the dress code. So you might be super sporty spice, or maybe you are like, um, I don't know, just business casual or something like that. I don't know. Whatever you are, um, I would encourage you to just go ahead and be like, I'm getting dressed for the day. I'm working as a mom. This is how I want to dress, and then do it. So there was a period of time where I was definitely wearing exercise clothes every single day with no intention of exercising. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, you need to know, like, I am just as comfortable wearing sweats and, like, no makeup out in public as I am putting on, like, my cute clothes, right? Um, so I was just dissatisfied, and it really was, like, I was just exhausted. And so I just decided, like, I'm going to stop that. I don't know when that was, maybe three years ago. Uh, I have to ask my friends, when did I start <laughs> dressing <laughs> with my real clothes? Um, but it just made me feel more myself. And it was getting dressed was like a way I could express my creative side. Um, so no matter what that is for you, I would encourage you to set your dress code and just decide, here's how I want to look as a mom boss. Um, the surveys or the studies all say, put your shoes on. For some reason, shoes are like the magic bullet to productivity, okay? So even get those shoes on as soon as you can. All right, the next one, number five, I really like, bring your whole self to work. Being a mom boss is one of the few workplaces where you can actually do your hobbies at work. And so maybe that is um, cooking. Maybe you're very sporty, you love sports, maybe you love to read or sing or write, um, maybe you're super creative and artistic, maybe you love to serve, whatever it is, you can actually bring that part of yourself to being a mom boss. Um, so like I mentioned before, I was a teacher, and when I had kids, I tried to run my house like a classroom, and that failed. That does not work. But what did work is... As my kids got old enough, I really enjoyed teaching them how to read. Like, I was a high school teacher, not a kindergarten teacher, but I know my alphabet, right? <laughs> I know my letter sounds. And so for me, one of my hobbies, or just bringing my whole self, my talents, was I enjoyed. I taught all four of my girls to read just by simply doing, like, little flashcards with them. Didn't have a curriculum, but that was fun for me. Does that make sense? Um, so whatever it might be for you, your talents or your hobbies, bring those to the table with your kids. Um, next are your beliefs and values. Um, I want to read a verse from Galatians, which is a book in the Bible, and you can kind of insert whatever your beliefs or values are um, into this idea. Galatians 5:25, from the message version says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Right? If your beliefs and your values are just staying up in your head or it's just a sentimental thing and it's not creeping its way into every detail of being a mom, of your family life, then your kids might miss it. Okay? Um, you guys have probably heard the phrase, more is caught than taught. And so I think for us, this is ringing true because believe it or not, we don't have like sit down, um, like 
let's talk about God moments with our kids very much. Like we don't have a daily devotional or anything like that. But what we do have, um, at least my husband and I are just kind of, we're just living our lives in front of our kids. And those small moments where it's important to talk about our beliefs or our values are just so common. They're just kind of woven into the fabric of our parenting that to our kids, I think it's the most normal thing in the world, right? We don't have to tell them what we believe or value. They just see it. Um, So I want to encourage you that um, you can grow together with your kids and your beliefs and values. Um, You can certainly sit down and teach them. That's valuable, too. Um, But is it woven into the fabric of being a mom boss? Um, There's two really great resources if you're looking to grow in this area, um, at least in terms of, like, the Christian side of it. And that's thebibleproject.com and the Jesus Storybook Bible. They're both super fun. I actually love them and have learned a lot from both of those resources. Um, So that's on your handout. Okay. The last part of being uh, able to bring your whole self as a mom boss is your personality. Um, I am learning so much this last year and a half or two about just who I am. I think I'm kind of going through like a second growing up stage. Um, And the, the value of knowing your personality as a mom boss is it will hopefully help you avoid comparison. Um, if you've talked to me for longer than like 10 minutes, I've probably brought up the Enneagram. Have any of you heard the Enneagram? This, who am I talking to? Okay, Beth's like, yeah, I've heard about it because you won't stop talking about it. <laughs> it's just a personality tool. Um, it describes the way that different people see the world, their motivations, um, why they might do the things they do. I am loving it, and I'm learning so much about myself, but also my kids. Like, I'm watching my kids act and be motivated certain ways, and I'm like, oh, this helps me to relate to you better. Um, but in terms of comparison, just real quick, like, um, let's see. Like I said earlier, I was a teacher before, and also on the Enneagram, I'm probably a number one who's kind of driven towards perfection and, like, seeing things be right. Well, this totally comes um, – into full play for birthday parties. I let my kids pick out a theme, whatever they want. We've had April Fool's themes. We've had, you know, your classic Disney character themes, whatever it is. I let them pick out a theme, and then I love, like, I secretly love, like, figuring out all the creative details of, like, what could we do, and how would this be fun, and what would make it perfect, right? And we don't spend a lot of money, but I enjoy the process of thinking through that and perfecting it. Guess what? Some of you are like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> like, please, let me just take them to Jumpin' Joey's, pay the money, jump for an hour, they provide the cupcakes, and we go home, right? <laughs> and that's totally, totally fine because different personalities, so for example, like a person that might be a five on the Enneagram, they're trying to conserve their energy. They're trying to avoid stress. And that sounds wonderful, right? I actually kind of enjoy the stress of the birthday party. Don't compare, right? Know who you are. Know how you like to parent. Someone like me might thrive on schedules, might thrive on those rhythms I talked about, but someone who's maybe a seven um, on the Enneagram, and again, you can use all sorts of other tools, they love freedom. They would never want to be restricted by a schedule. Do you see what I'm saying? It's just really important that we don't compare about how we're running our mom boss organization, okay? All right, the next one. Oh, this is a good one. Be present. And I have a disclaimer for be present. 
This does not mean that you have to play pretend kitty all day long. You guys don't even know what pretend kitty is, and you're laughing. Maybe you do know. So let me tell you a story about a cold winter day, and I was in my girls' room. I've always had two at home at the same time. And uh, my girls had gotten this book called Thumpy Feet, and it was about a cat, and it just was so, it was a terrible book. And here comes Thumpy Feet, thumpy, 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 and then he, like, goes through all these actions, right? It's just the life of a cat. It's awful. And they had just really become enamored with this book, and they wanted me to not only read it, they wanted then to have me act it out. Well, I got real sick of playing uh pretend kitty really fast and I remember it was just going on and on every day this is what we want to do and I just remember sitting there being like I hate this like I'm dying like I just I hate this and I'm not teasing I really did think those thoughts (laughs) like not literally dying but I was like this is my life and I hate this and so I want to make sure that you understand that when I say be present that doesn't mean give 24 7 attention to your kids It doesn't mean play pretend kitty for hours, right? I started to set a limit. I was like, I will play pretend kitty one time for 10 minutes, and that's it, you know? Um, But there's three different ways I want to encourage you to be present, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So mentally, give yourself permission to just be all there. When you're with your kids, not all the time. Again, remember the disclaimer. This is not 24-7. Sometimes we can be present, but our head is somewhere else because you're thinking about what you need to do or you're thinking about some other situation. Some of my most fun times this last year have been being with Lou, my youngest, at the Wonder Lab, and we're, like, doing an activity, and she's ready to move on, and I'm like, I'm not done. I'm still playing. (laughs) Like, I'm still building this tower. And I know that sounds a little silly, but you guys play with your kids right? It's actually really um, relaxing sometimes to just let go of all these to-dos or whatever you're thinking about and just be present with them. Um, Have a little bit of fun. I'm giving you permission. Second is physically present. Um, Proximity is key. A lot of times your kids don't need you right by their side, but if you can just be within a proximity, a radius of, you know, 30 feet or whatever, if they know you're there, You don't have to be right next to them. And so I would encourage you to just find proximity to your kids. And then here's another interesting one with the physically, being physically present. Your eye contact matters. Um, There's a study that is an old study. It's been around. um, It's called the still face study. Has anybody heard of this? A few people. Okay. So this study was originally done to study moms who were dealing with depression. And it was looking at the effect of when a mom has a very still face or an unresponsive face to their child, especially young, young children like babies. Um, what are the effects on the baby? Well, the effects are it suppresses the ability to attune to each other. It causes the children to have increased distress. It lowers the positive emotion, and it lowers their exploration and their engagement with toys. Guess what is having all these effects now? Phones. Yeah. Phones are having the same still face effect. And so when you've got this little baby next to you or even a, you know, a young kid 
and you're here, your face looks like this. And if they're trying to get your attention and you're not recognizing that they're trying to get their attention or that they're trying to get your attention, uh, physiologically, they start to go into these stress patterns, right? And then they might cry and then you might be like, oh, baby. Well, they've already started to go down that negative pattern, okay? So obviously we're not going to get rid of phones, but maybe just consider um, setting that phone away for certain times or making sure that you are physically present, right? Making eye contact with your kids. All right, the last part of being present is emotionally. Um, I want to say it's okay to fake it until you make it because playing pretend kitty is not fun, okay? But so much sarcasm will go over their heads when you're like, oh, this is so fun. You're like, I'm dying, <laughs> right? <laughs> you can fake it. It's fine. Um, as they get older, though, I want to encourage you that uh, if you want your kids to feel emotionally connected to you when they're 13, you need to make sure that you are emotionally connecting when they're three, okay? And to me, that looks like if your three-year-old wants to talk about Legos or wants to talk about, I don't know what, how they're feeling, or I had one that just talked, 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 talked about everything. If you don't talk with them then, you're kind of building up this pattern of not emotionally engaging with them, okay? And so talk to them about whatever they want to talk about as they grow up, and what I've found is they will still talk to you when they're 13. It's not a switch that you can just be like, oh, now that you're a teenager and you have real issues, we should talk, right? It just doesn't work that way. All right, number seven is super easy. Um, network. Create and deepen healthy relationships. Everybody just give yourself a check. You're doing that right here today. Check. Um, I spent the first six years of my mom boss experience not having community. We moved around a lot, and then the places that we moved, I only had maybe one friend that was kind of in my stage of life. Boy, what a difference it made when I got here to Bloomington, um, started mom-to-mom, -mom, started making friends. It just makes all the difference. So you guys are here. You get gold stars, but maybe there are some people within your community or your networks that aren't here. Find a way to help them um, build networks, okay? Build some mom community with mentors even. You guys have an awesome opportunity with mentor moms here. Um, so I encourage you to network. And then the last um, mom boss pro tip of the day is, remember this position is temporary. It's a temp position. We are only hiring temps. So uh, recently, my friend Stacy Muffler, she sent um, some other moms and I an article called Moms in the Second Act. And this was all about four highly influential, um, very successful women who in the first part of their life were actually full-time stay-at-home moms. And so if you guys will allow me, I just want to read part of this article to you because it was so good. I, c I couldn't say it any better. All right, it says, did you know that Nancy Pelosi, otherwise known as Speaker of the House, was a stay-at-home mom until her youngest of five children was a senior in high school? For 23 years, years, she packed lunch boxes, drove carpools, and settled sibling disputes. She describes that time as the best of life and some of the worst days. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need a reminder that for everything, there is a season. If this season for you is exhausting, 
and you feel like you're drowning in diapers, duties, or decisions, have faith. Listen to me, Mama. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. And the work you're doing right now is the most important and is preparing you for what the future holds. And one day, this season will be over. Who knows? Maybe you'll be Speaker of the House. Or maybe you'll finally find a place to have an uninterrupted conversation within your own house. Either way, your family is lucky to have you doing exactly what you should be right this very moment. And if they're smart, they're saving seats in the front row, ready to watch all of the good things that are headed your way. And you, you'll be ready for them too. And then there's one final quote that she says. She says, we can have it all, just not all at once. We can have it all, just not all at once. And so I want you to ask yourself, what do you want? What will you prioritize in this season of life? Because life with littles, it's just that. It's just a season. And so just to really hit my um, point home, to really lock this in, I have a video for you guys. I will not be watching it with you because I ugly cry every single time. But I need you to remember that this is a temporary position. to you, every missing tooth, every bedtime story, here's to Barbie cars, lightsaber wars, sleeping in on Sunday, had to crawl before you walked, before you ran, before I knew it, you were teaching me the only thing love can, hold hands through it when it's scared me, you got me, but slow. Let's make it last a little while. I pointed to the sky, and now you want to fly. I am your biggest fan. 
I'm sorry I had to do that to you. <laughs> oh, you guys, the truth is our kids, they won't slow down. They just won't. Like, you have to pay. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> and so you have to ask yourself, will you? Like, will you slow down? Will you savor um, this season of motherhood and see it as a sacred beauty-filled gift, because that's what it is. Like, what you're feeling, that's sacred, okay? That's the good stuff of life. Will you be present to bear witness to your children's lives as they unfold in front of you? I mean, the reason that I ball at that video is because I have those exact same memories of my kids. Almost every single situation I can picture that we did those things, except for graduation, marriage, and grandbabies. I'm not there yet, right? Will you own and will you value the work that you're doing as a mom boss? So the phrase, the days are long, but the years are short, is more true to me now than ever. And uh, I've spent uh, almost a third of my life with these littles right? It's a long time. It's been the best of times, and it's been the worst of days, like Nancy Pelosi says. And I've come to realize that's just the way it is. It's just both, okay? You can love it and hate it all at the same time. It's just both. But I would not go back and trade any of the time that I have spent playing pretend kitty or any of the other uh, experiences I've had with my kids because what I have gained by spending that time with them is relational value. And that relational value is what has turned into this incredible collateral that is hopefully going to help me through this next season of parenting. Time is the commodity that none of us get back. And so when your baby turns 13, just like mine just did, uh, you realize very quickly if you do or don't have a relationship, right? And it's not that you can't get back the relationship, but you can't get back that time that has been spent. It's just a little bit harder. you got to work for that relationship a little bit more. You guys have a gift right now of time with your children where you can build that relational value. So like Beth mentioned, just a month ago, 
uh, I turned the corner into being what I call a daytime empty nester. And so the house is quiet and it's kind of clean, um, but I can go to lunch with friends. I can leave the house like that, like with just my phone, my keys, my wallet. It's amazing. I'm not a pack mule anymore. It's awesome. Um, but at the same time, it's bittersweet. And I have moments in Aldi where I cry with Jamie because it's this freedom, but it's this loss. It's a mix of both. And it's a really good reminder to me um, that the time that I have left as a mom boss with kids in my house, which is my next 13 years, I want to savor that. I want to structure my time in a way so I can be present. Um, I want to be the best mom boss that I can be. And so in closing, I just want to remind you, Moms are awesome. You all are awesome. Value your work, name it, and approach the challenges with professionalism and hopefully with a perspective that allows you to persevere when it gets hard. Because the product and the payoff of being a mom boss, it's totally worth it. That's all I got. Thanks.